little sign from Tesco's, which uh, is a little clue about what I'm going to be talking about today. Um, but it's also a bit of an introduction to uh, a little story that I want to tell you. And um, a really good friend of mine uh, n- knew the person that this story uh, is all about, the event that happened around this lady uh, who was a single mum, uh, three children, um, fairly hard up for cash, um, but trusted in God, believed in a God who did, uh, uh, did miracles and uh, 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 loved people, helped people and helped her. And uh, she woke up one day and uh, she was praying for her family and for, uh, for the money that she needed and she felt God speak to her. Now, if you're a visit here today and uh, you're not used to this message, uh, you're going to just have to go with me a little bit. This is not people hearing voices in their heads, uh, but God is alive and he speaks to people. Uh, this is not a dead religion. This is not something that lives in a book. Uh, it is a living message that invades people's lives and it causes them to be completely turned around and reorientated. And this was a lady who believed that. And uh, she felt God say to her, go to the supermarket and load up your trolley with food for your family. She didn't have the money to buy what she was about to buy. She had no credit card, uh, but she heard the voice of God and she went to the supermarket. And uh, she started to put the budget range food into her trolley. And again, she felt God say to her, Uh, the best buy the best so she replaced all the cheap stuff with decent cuts of meat and uh, high grade um, produce and uh, she made her way with her three children to the checkout with no money and with no credit card and she got to the uh, uh, till I guess like everybody who believes in God it's no different to anybody who doesn't believe in God really there's a sense of nervousness and trepidation because we're all human and she's starting to wonder what's going to happen she believes God's spoken to her but she doesn't quite know how this is going to work out so she starts to unload the trolley she puts the stuff on the conveyor belt and the stuff gets run through Um, she's got no way of paying Uh, there's a queue behind her and it comes to about 160 pounds and um, she's just about to say um, i don't know how I'm going to pay and the till goes off the whole thing is a complete failure of a whole bank of these tills and uh, a a manager comes along and said look I'm really sorry you're going to need to load your stuff back on the trolley and go to the next uh, 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 sequence of checkouts and she feels the Lord say to her stay where you are so she now is in a very bizarre quite embarrassing situation where the checkout is off nobody else is there there's nobody working there she's got her stuff in the trolley and she's standing there and waiting after about 20 minutes the till comes back up uh, I guess it gets, gets fixed some electronic failure computer failure or whatever and uh, a new checkout assistant comes along and they ring it all through again and it, predictably it comes to the same amount of money 160 quid or, or something like that and uh, she's just about to say the only thing that she can say is that I don't have a way of paying for this and the intercom cuts in from customer services and it says the lady standing at checkout number nine you're our one millionth customer everything you've bought is on the store true story one person who experienced God breaking in in an unexpected way Uh, God works not just in churches Uh, God works in supermarkets, in offices, in schools, colleges, and in weddings, it would appear. So the royal wedding yesterday, um, it was a remarkable event, wasn't it? Um, I I watched it with uh, Lorraine and our kids, uh, with a load of our mates uh, in Southampton, and 
one of the things that really struck me was um, an amazing moment where the top brass seemed to give space to people of everyone, uh, whatever their tradition or background. And I, I think it resonated for me very strongly with the way that Jesus included people, um, actually prioritized people who were the everybody's, not just the somebody's. And, uh, and then there was that sermon, wasn't there? <laughs> uh, Bishop Michael Curry, um, an African-American who presented beautifully this all-inclusive gospel of love to, I worked out this morning, to about 2 billion people in 14 minutes. That is the gospel of the kingdom going to the ends of the earth right there. And uh, I did a few sums this morning as I was just getting my head around uh, final, final thoughts around what I was going to do today. And I, I worked out that in 14 minutes, he reached 10 times more people than Billy Graham managed to reach in 68 years. Now, a lot of the problem is that people take to Facebook and they, they kind of get doctrinally forensic with what he said. And uh, I think sometimes we sort of want God to be as kind of grumpy as we are, as predictable, as pious, as judgmental. And uh, unfortunately, God isn't like we are. Uh, God just celebrates when people get the chance to hear good news and be part of that wonderful event all over the world. And uh, as I chat to you this morning for a few minutes, uh, it's really important that you understand, particularly if you're a guest here, that you are included in, uh, that you are counted in to this great invitation uh, to be a follower of Jesus, to be a child of the living God. And what came out of that whole event yesterday, not the cup final, but the wedding, is that we are loved by God, whatever our age, physical capability, gender, orientation, cultural heritage, people matter a huge amount to God. A huge amount. It doesn't mean that he doesn't want to change some of the things that we get up to. He doesn't want to correct some of the things that have gone wrong in our lives internally and externally. I know that's true for me. But ultimately, we've got to understand that God accepts us completely, unconditionally, totally, as we are, not what we might become. Because unless we can come to that place of believing that we are loved by God, we have no chance because people cannot change on the basis of not being accepted. And that's why Jesus reached out in the way that he did to everyone. So what a great weekend to talk a little bit about weddings and um, the contributions that are made into different types of wedding. Uh, The one yesterday Uh, The one that I want to talk about in a moment, which is the famous wedding in the Bible. Um, But also, I was thinking about this, and uh, Lorraine will remember this as well. 27 years ago when we got married, my uh, best mate, Ian Makey, who's still my best mate, just, um, he he rose to give the best man's speech at our wedding. And I was nervous with good reason. Um, He had one or two stories on me. Um, He also is a very funny communicator and worse than all worse than everything he had colluded with my mother and uh, he'd managed to get hold of a number of photographs of me um, in various kinds of outfits now 
I'm not going to explain any of this as to why it happened, but um, he had a picture of me in a brownie uniform. Um, it was the 70s. My mum was a brown owl. I was confused. And um, <laughs> he had a picture of me in a, a brownie uniform. Um, also another one in a guide uniform. It gets worse. Um, also Joe 90, if some of the older men in the uh, room here can remember Joe 90. When I was eight, I believed with my whole heart that I was Joe 90. Uh, apart from the thick sort of national health glasses that didn't sort of work, but uh, everything else I had to a T. And then um, one of them when I was a lot older in a Salvation Army uniform. I was once in the Salvation Army. And uh, Ian got up and he said, as we look at the life of Steve Lee, we find a disturbed young man obsessed with dressing up. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, I, I've, I've been best man a, a couple of times, two or three times, actually. I'm quite popular, uh, more than you think, you know. And uh, I know how it works, kind of live by the sword, die by the sword, and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, my uh, recollections, uh, at least one recollection of our wedding 27 years ago. So let's look at this famous wedding in the Bible. It's the first uh, recorded miracle of Jesus and uh, the particular contribution that he brought to that wedding. That one's empty. Oh, thanks, Rob. <laughs> Your need was greater than mine, obviously. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Rob drank it didn't want your glass anyway. Okay, here we go. This is taken from John's Gospel, chapter 2, first uh, few verses. This is from the message, uh, a modern uh, interpretation of the Bible. It's brilliant. There was a wedding in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. Jesus and his disciples were guests also. When they started running low on wine at the wedding banquet, Jesus' mother told him, they're just about out of wine. Jesus said, is that any of our business, mother? Yours or mine? Thank you. This isn't my time. Don't push me. Don't push me, mother. She went ahead anyway, <laughs> telling the servants, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Six stoneware water pots were there used by the Jews for ritual washings. Each held 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus ordered the servants, fill the pots with water, and they filled them to the brim. Now, fill your pitchers and take them to the host, Jesus said, and they did. When the host tasted the water that had become wine... He didn't know what had just happened, but the servants, of course, knew. He called out to the bridegroom, Everybody I know brings their finest wines after the guests have had their fill, brings in the cheap stuff, but you've saved the best till now. This act in Cana of Galilee was the first sign Jesus gave, the first glimpse of his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Jesus changes probably stagnant water into Beaujolais and uh, certain sections of the church have been trying to change it back ever since. Um, I've had some really 
dodgy fake communion wine in churches. I mean, it's not too bad here, uh, but it tastes like bubble gum, some of it. It's truly awful. And, uh, but having said that, I've had some pretty decent stuff in French churches as well. Uh, but Jesus clearly performed a miracle in that context, which made him very popular, I guess. So three things that I want to uh, pull out of this story just in a few moments. The first thing I've called an unlikely invitation. Uh, we've all been to English weddings, uh, most of us, I'm sure, probably all of us, uh, and we're quite familiar with how it all works. Uh, yesterday was obviously a spectacular wedding in every way, shape and form. The uh, celebrities were there, um, a couple of his ex-girlfriends were there as well, nice touch, <laughs> uh, but there was, a, there was a lot about it that was very traditional, but there was a lot in it as well, which was uh, very modern, very contemporary. And, uh, you know, they did a a fantastic job. I mean, what an amazing event that really, really was. But if you're used to English weddings, there's a few things that we need to understand about uh, Jewish weddings and how they operate. They last for several days, um, other other than English ones, last for several hours, but often feel like they last for several days. Um, They seriously party, uh, do the Jewish people. Uh, particularly in old traditional types of Jewish weddings. And, and they really drink <laughs> at these weddings. There's a little more than a Bacardi breezer with a slice of lime. You know? So I guess that's why there was these huge amounts of wine at that party. Uh, society is full of bizarre and made-up ideas as to what Jesus was really like. And those images as those of you who have been through an Alpha course with uh, uh, me and Jonathan Lloyd, or J-Lo as I now call him, uh, you know, we recount a lot of the stories and we talk a little bit about um, how Jesus is very different to the inherited impressions that we end up with from Sunday school and school assemblies and that kind of thing. But those things cut very deep into our subconscious. And so when we are presented with the idea of Jesus being a radical Jesus being someone who's got something to say about our lives, someone that you can connect with, you can know that you can have an encounter with, it suddenly collides with these old-fashioned images that so many of us have got. And a lot of people have got these images, millions of people have got these images, and a a great deal of them have got Jesus in the softly spoken, pious category. Um, But if, if that was the case, then it poses one or two rather interesting questions about this wedding in the village of Cana in Galilee. The first one being, what on earth was he doing on the guest list? Why was he on the guest list? If Jesus was the type of person that some of us have been brought up to believe, why would he be invited to an event like that? Not just him, uh, but he's there with his, uh, with his whole posse. Uh, he's, this is about a month after Jesus has been baptized, a very public event, which is another story for another day. And he's assembled probably half of his group of disciples by this time. But he is yet to make a public uh, a kind of announcement of his ministry, of his intention, and what he has come to earth to do over that three-year period. So he's there at the wedding. And uh, I would suggest that he's there because uh, he's known... Um, Clearly, when the wine runs out, um, Mary, his mother, she's onto it pretty quickly. Maybe there's a connection. Maybe there's a family connection. Maybe there is a reason why 
Jesus and his family and his team have been invited to this wedding. But if he was the person that a lot of us have been brought up to believe, I don't think he would have been on the guest list. So this miracle that takes place, what I've called an unusual miracle, halfway through the wedding banquet, the wine runs out. Which is quite a statement, judging by the the scale of the amount of the stuff that's there. Six containers, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. This is what Jesus is working with. Now, I, I did the maths on this one as well, and it equates to nearly 400 bottles of wine. Uh, if Jesus had done the full miracle, you know, if all of those bottles, all of those jars have been filled with water and all of them have been converted into wine, 400 bottles. Now, you know, what, what kind of do is this, for goodness sake? You know, what kind of wedding is it? I mean, what was the stag do like? You know, if this is what the wedding is like. Now, the wine running out at a Jewish wedding amounts to a fairly serious hospitality malfunction. Now, the father of the bride, I guess he's involved, um, the, the, the catering company that have got the contract, you know, they're clearly involved as well. And according to Jewish culture, running out of wine, creating that kind of hospitality gaff at an invited event is equivalent to robbing your next door neighbor. That's what is going on. That's the level of embarrassment. That's the crisis that hits this wedding that Jesus is in the middle of. The father of the bride's reputation is about to take an embarrassing nosedive. And, uh, I mean, you couldn't make it up, could you? I mean, the first recorded miracle of Jesus in the Bible is performed on behalf of two guys who have made a miscalculation on a booze order. You know, that's what's happening here in this story. So here's the other big question that comes to mind. The first one being, why was Jesus on the guest list? The second question that comes to mind is, why has Jesus chosen this moment at this occasion to demonstrate his divine power in public for the first time? It doesn't quite fit, does it? Surely it should have been a physical or an emotional healing of some kind some sort of great sign in the temple of God's kingdom coming to earth but this is something quite different to that this is a celebration it's a very human event there's people around watching what's happening they're enjoying themselves it's not a religious context very few of the encounters that took place around Jesus happened in a religious context. Very few. Most of them in someone's house, up a mountain, out on the street, or in this case, at a large wedding. And, uh, you know, as we can read from the story, the host is pretty relieved uh, to see the old vino flowing again. And, uh, and he's amazed because normally what happens is that, you know, the... Uh, the revelers get, you know, drunk, you know, on, the, on a certain type of stuff. And then, you know, the good stuff comes out. But he is really, really amazed that the decent stuff is coming out. And, uh, you know, so there it is. You know, Jesus produces some wine. Apparently, it's not too shabby or, or shabbly. 
possibly, according to the host. And there it is, none other than Chateau Lafitte 45 BC uh, is produced at that wedding, possibly several crates of the stuff. So an uninvited guest, an unusual miracle, and an unexpected response. We get to see the response from Jesus that is really not what people perhaps expect when they imagine Jesus. It doesn't fit the stereotype. The preconception is not this type of Jesus. It's something quite different. Apparently, Jesus lives in the ordinary, not the religious. Apparently, he is interested in the scrapes and misjudgments that we make, the errors that we end up creating for ourselves. Apparently, he's happy to demonstrate his power in everyday situations. And apparently, he shows up in places where people are enjoying themselves. So my question is this. Maybe uh, you'd like to explore what encountering a Jesus like that looks like. Maybe this opportunity to come on what we call Alpha is for you. Let me explain what that means. It's an invitation to come on an eight-week journey with us. I mean, it's not a world cruise. I mean, let's, let's be honest. It's not that sort of journey, although the entertainment is probably better. And the food, well, it's great. You know, you've got less chance of getting food poisoning and, um, and zero chance of drowning. So uh, it's probably better than a, a world cruise. But it is an eight-evening um, invitation, the Tuesdays of June and Uh, It's seven, actually, because we're going to finish a little bit before the end of July. But it's June and July, basically, the Tuesdays. You can find out right over there where it says Explore. And that guy with the beard who looks a little bit like Prince Harry from the back there on that sign. And the question mark. That's the Alpha sign-up point. And we'll be answering questions around who is Jesus, what type of person was he, can we trust this book called the Bible, how do you pray. And uh, if you're hearing what I'm saying today, think, actually, yeah, that's not quite what I expected when I came to church this morning, then Alpha is a great opportunity for you to connect a little more with this story. Okay, one more thing to say about this really interesting story um, of the wedding in the village of Cana. Jesus actually went back there uh, quite soon after this wedding. And uh, you can read all about it in John's Gospel in chapter 4. And uh, what happens is that there is a high-ranking official, um, some sort of civic character, who approaches Jesus as he goes into Cana for a second time, and he begs him to heal his son. Quite interesting. Maybe he'd been at the wedding. Uh, Maybe he saw what Jesus did, and he thought, uh, maybe this, uh, this rabbi can heal my lad. Maybe he can do in my home what he did at the wedding or something equivalent to that Uh, and that is exactly what happened the the boy was healed uh, he was totally restored and the the whole family became followers of Jesus as a result and that's often what happens when you get an event that takes place that is unexpected and powerful people take notice change happens as a result this is life-changing stuff. It's, it's all true. It all happened. Jesus is alive and he, he brings transformation into people's lives. 
he transforms despair into hope. I wonder if that's where you're at today. You're thinking, actually, I, my life is, is marked by despair. Well, Jesus brought despair, a change, trans, a ch- transformed despair into hope in the lives of a number of people that he met. And you can read all about it in the New Testament. Sickness into health, for sure. Many times Jesus is interacting with people who are sick, often terminally ill. Sometimes he is face-to-face with those people. Sometimes he makes a pronouncement to somebody that he's in a conversation with, and he says, go back, this is what will have happened. You can read it all. It is amazing stuff. Jesus brought health into situations that were desperately, desperately affected by illness sickness and disease and not just Jesus when Jesus died and rose again and went back to heaven suddenly the church in the book of the Acts of the Apostles is doing all the same things so something about this message something about this kingdom is marked out by miracles of healing Jesus brings transformation in the area of sickness it's not a one-armed bandit Approach. It doesn't mean that we somehow put our quid in the slot and pull the handle and out comes the answer. There's a lot of disappointment often around this area. But sometimes we have to go with what we know is true rather than the things that we have got loads of questions about because the world is full of questions. Sometimes it appears that when we pray, those things don't happen. But Jesus seemed to have an amazing success rate in bringing sick people into health death into life there are a number of moments throughout the that that three-year period in the public life of Jesus where dead people didn't stay dead they came back to life again remarkable poverty into provision remember the story that I told you right at the very beginning there are stories in this room of people whose lives have been transformed because of the provision of God the blessing of heaven upon a desperate situation where there has been lack and then there has been resources whether that is literally in terms of money or employment or housing or something else and water into wine of course there it is you know Jesus did an amazing miracle that day so I'm going to pray Sometimes we come to these moments, and uh, I guess often they're in churches, uh, definitely not always in churches, where there is almost this sense of a, uh, almost what I would call a divine connection. There's a moment where our eyes get open to a greater possibility, a greater reality, and we start to consider that maybe God not only exists, because people, mostly people believe in God, the statistics are pretty high. There's not many true atheists in the world. There are some, but there are not many. But the God that we think possibly exists, we suddenly consider, actually, yeah, he probably does. And I want to make a response to that. They're like moments of divine connection. So I want to give you an opportunity to do that. You don't need to be on an alpha course. Uh, you don't need to be in a special type of course or meeting to make a response to God. It's a simple faith step where we take an internal decision to say Lord I want to open myself my heart my life to something greater than what I've experienced up until now that's possible 
Because God loves everybody. He loves you exactly as you are. I said whatever your background is. But it's possible because Jesus paid a price. He settled a debt that was required over each of our lives. Because the things that we have done in word, thought and action have spoiled our perfect relationship with God that we were always, we were always destined to have. But because God is pure and he is spotless in every way, and we are not, there's a problem. And that's where Jesus comes in. That's why Jesus lived a perfect life as a demonstration that it can be done, that that's God's best, that that's God's way. That's what God intended for each one of us. But, but through his sacrifice, we can have our slate completely wiped clean and we can get a fresh start. And that is a very profound step, but it's a very simple step that we can take on the inside and we can open our lives up to that. So if you want to do that today, if you want to get right with God and to take the first step towards knowing him as your father, I invite you to pray this prayer with me. Let's all close our eyes for a moment. So if you've you've heard what I've said today and it's how to distill some of these thoughts that you probably already came with and you want to make a simple step towards coming into a friendship with a God who loves you to be set free by the debt that Jesus paid when he died on the cross then I invite you to pray this prayer on the inside this is the prayer my father in heaven Thank you for your great love for me. That while I was still lost, you made a way for me to be found. That you sent your son Jesus to live on the earth. To to do all these things that I'm hearing about today. to die on a cross to be raised to life after three days and to return to heaven to plead my case before the throne of God I accept the free gift of forgiveness today provided by Jesus set me free clean my life and give me a fresh start as a child of God and a follower of Jesus If you prayed that prayer, I just want you to raise your hand where you are, just right now. Just stick your hand in the air for a second. Okay, thanks. Father, I want to thank you that you are alive, that you are speaking, that you are forgiving, that you are setting people free. Thank you for this remarkable story. that first demonstration of the miraculous power of your son on earth in that kind of context 
thank you that that is a sign to us that you want to be accessible to all people everywhere. And Lord, I pray that the amazing words that came from Michael Curry yesterday, Father, I pray that those words would resonate in the hearts of literally millions of people. And that even that event, Lord, could trigger a mighty move of, your, of the gospel across the face of the earth. Father, thank you for this amazing weekend. Thank you for the day of Pentecost, all together in one place, that your spirit moved. Wouldn't it be amazing if across the churches and cathedrals of this nation today, people would be swept into the kingdom of heaven? Father, let that message that came from Windsor Castle yesterday be like a soundtrack that people cannot get out of their head over the coming hours and days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So, Alpha, really, really important invitation for you if you're here um, for the first time or you've been here for a while and you think, yeah, actually, I want to get to grips with the Christian faith in that way. Uh, There's also some booklets over there called Why Jesus. Uh, This is another really simple explanation of the gospel. Um, It will help you. Uh, take it away, it's free everything you'll see over there is free uh, except people's car keys or wallets if you see any of those over there uh, but anything you see about Alpha, just take it um, I'll be over there, some of the team will be over there as well, please sign up we would love to see you on those Tuesday evenings in June and July